Yet again, you've chosen to listen to I Don't Get It, the pop culture get off my lawn cast, and that decision is on you. This podcast <laughs> features the open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons staring down the barrel of entertainment or relevance, which could hardly be construed as the worst thing in the world right now, but we're, we're going to go with this. Uh, I am your co-host, Bill Scurry of American Caesar Enterprises, the international uh, jet lend-lease service, servicing corporate America for years and years and years. And I am joined, as always, by my co-host. So do you think, uh, like, <laughs> services like... No, serious question. Not really serious. Uh, services like that, that provide jet service to rich people, do you think they're suffering now? No, not at, I do not think they're suffering at all. In fact, I would think anything that is the upper echelon of the economy, completely, right. un- completely untouched, Life has not changed. In fact, people have profited off of this. So, no, I think like NetJets or whomever, all those timeshares, doing just fine. Not a single dent, not a dollar. If anything, they made more money because people were going to Jackson Hole, Wyoming to get away from poor people. I saw a very uh, depressing thing. I don't remember where it was. Like, guidelines for reopening. And they're like, please do not take public transport. Drive alone in your car to work. Like, fuck. Like we've been trying it, we've been working so hard to get away from that for so long. But well, whatever. I mean, for some people, it's, it's not an option. They just don't. It, yeah, I've been on right. a bicycle. Most people here have been on a bicycle, but uh, people have to travel on trains and trams, and that's just an, an, yeah. an immutable yeah. fact of life. What are you going to do? It's it's. By the way, who who yeah. are you? <laughs> My name is Noah Tarno. I am founder and senior. <laughs> to think about that. <laughs> I am. Who am I? We're, we're covering Emma Chamberlain this week. Oh, I, we know you have yeah. no idea who this person is. We're going to get to that. Uh, but you we, might. We thought, I, again, second week in a row, we're covering someone I'm surprised I hadn't heard of till recently. I know. And, and it's a little bit of a, the shoe was on the other uh, hand this time is because you, uh, last week, you didn't know about the topic and I whipped it on you and it was right. like a vice versa where you found something I'd never heard of and you were a little more grounded on it because you'd done some more advanced research. But one of the things we talked about this week, I mean, semi-seriously, semi-hilariously, semi um, you know, the, the remit of this show is to look at a modern phenomenon and to give it a fair shake. I mean, the name of the show is I Don't Get It, which sounds flip. It sounds like a meme. I mean, and to, to a degree, it, it is. We're, we're, we're trying to steer into that a little bit. Uh, Noah had said, well, there's a lot going on right now since everyone, everything's been convulsing and everyone's just sick to their stomach about what's going on. It's like he thought, you know, maybe there's some value in talking about, uh, uh, you know, the BLM, which has been at the forefront of, of all these protests from, from sea to sea. People have been um, aligning behind Black Lives Matter as a hashtag, as a, as a statement, and also the organization. You know, once we start talking about this, of course we agree. It, it is a worthy thing to talk about. We think it's a good thing to signal boost. That's that's why we wanted to do this is to say, well, I mean, of course we get it. Also, because we know that there are a lot of people in our cohort, our age cohort or older who honestly look at the stuff and maybe don't educate themselves. They don't quite know what this what these things are. Righteous though it may be, they can be inside of a media bubble sometimes or just be a little ignorant. But then it always comes down to the name of the podcast, the <laughs> the tick on social media, the Twitter, re- the Twitter retweet is always going to wind up being at its heart. It's going to be I don't get it, colon, Black Lives Matter. We had a problem a couple years ago when we did the Firefest documentaries. I don't really say problem, but we looked at the Firefest documentaries on Hulu and uh, Netflix, and we loved, we loved them both. They were excellent. But the headline when we posted on social media was, I don't get it, Firefest documentaries. And one vague acquaintance of mine who's a Facebook friend just like, let loose on us on Facebook. Like, How do you not get it? Blah, 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 blah. And he hadn't listened to the episode. He just assumed because of the headline, we thought the Firefest documentary sucked. 
often we like these things. I'll tell you two two instances where I got shit for this. And I, I understand yeah. this is this is a phenomenon. The first one, which is more innocuous than the second one, but when we did we did drag race, RuPaul, some people yeah. said like uh, they just assumed that we were being white men, heterosexual yeah. dudes. Why are these dudes dressing up like bras? <laughs> yeah, and it was uh, it's like, oh, you know, I, I, I get it. OK, yeah, yeah. You could read into that. I understand that. But it's like, but, you know, if you listen to the show, I mean, even if you looked at the whatever our posts were on Facebook and Twitter, you'd see that, you know, we're not trying to be dickheads about it. Second time I not saw tr- this. Not trying. Not trying. To be dickheads. Effortlessly coming across as dickheads. <laughs> the second time I saw this is this was just, a, you know, four or five months ago. We did, we did they, the gender neutral they. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I got really wary because one of my friends said something like, I'm afraid to listen to this. Yeah. And I, I, and I just. <laughs> So like, oh no 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 no, God oh, you know, get, get, yeah. What? Katie Venino said that about the Drag Race one before she listened to it. She yeah. posted a comment about it. Yeah. yeah, and somebody said something like, "Can you just please tell me what it is you said because I don't have the heart." <laughs> I, you know, like, and I'm like, first of all, you don't, you don't, you don't think you know me well enough that I'm not. I'm, you, you really think I'm going to say the thing you're afraid of me saying? Like me of all people. Yeah. So yeah. okay, I have I, that means I haven't done a good job about messaging my own my own uh, bents and predilections in the first in the first case. Sometimes the show isn't served by its name and and the fact that social media doesn't have italicized text and it doesn't have nuance and it doesn't have all these things and and this would have been a real disservice. Even even if I think we you know we do want to talk about this. This is something that you know it means so much to both of us and giving the signal yeah. boost and. You know that, that's and I think super and I think it, it fits the theme of our show. I mean, we have talked about you know mostly we talk about stupid bullshit, but sometimes we talk about real topics. Yeah, you know, they was a real topic, and this is is what's on people's minds. And I think it is oversimplification to say young people are more into this than old people, but that is most social progress. So I guess the bottom line is we wanted to sort of start out before we get into the stupid bullshit of our topic this week, which is a YouTuber who has real no consequence on the world uh we did want to sort of do a mini bonus episode i don't get it black lives matter for lack of a better (laughs) name which we're not going to post that i think we both get it or at least we both want to get it and i say this many times i think i personally was very naive about racism in this country until uh, about five years ago the incident that really was a sea change in my thinking was Trayvon Trayvon Martin. Martin, Yeah. Which is interesting because Trayvon Martin was more like the Ahmed Arbery case in that it was not a police. I mean, the police officers were involved after the fact by not immediately punishing these guys. So it does involve police corruption, but it was this vigilante thing where like, hey, scary black guy because he's wearing a hoodie, therefore deserves punishment, you know? And that's what really changed my mind is I used to be under the naive impression that like, hey, you know, sure, they're racist, but they're the remaining members of the KKK in the swamp. You know, you publicly say that stuff. You're radioactive. Well, clearly not the case. And the fact that George Zimmerman, I still remember his name. Oh, yeah. Murdered Trayvon based on either nothing or debatedly something very small. And the fact that there were no consequences till the media demanded it surprised me. And really told me how naive I had been. And I wasn't even seeing it with the backlash against Obama. You know, the criticism of Obama that was clearly based in things no one would ever criticize a white president for. And then, of course, the rise of Donald Trump only solidified in my head that I had been naive about it. So I'm glad we're wrestling with these things. And I'm glad that in the last week, at least, uh, the PR argument seems to be moving in the right direction. It might be empty bluster, but the fact that someone like McDonald's 
feels the need to say we stand with our black employees, and I don't think they really do, but simply the fact that I feel the need to say it shows where hearts and minds are. I like to think I get it. I am intrigued where this is going to go in our society, and because I'm at heart an optimist, I'm I'm glad, and and I I see this as 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 a positive step forward. Yeah, it's a necessary step, and I, I for some reason. It is. It, it almost like took exactly that moment, the Trayvon Martin thing, before it all crystallized. I wasn't a doubter or a naysayer. I w- it was just visibility, the optics. I just assumed the same thing you did, that of course there are racists. Of course there are fuck sticks running around Dixie, hallowing all those con- those Confederate statues and everything like that. I just never understood that the white supremacy was such a pernicious cancer until I was compelled to look more at it. And it did. It took it took a guy dying. Beyond that, Ferguson happened just a few summers after that. And there were all these other disgusting things which countersunk the point that this was just a horrible thing that kept happening over and over again. And a feeling of hopelessness uh, sunk in and and this this is where we are at today is is amazed that the the planet is so fucked up and again it's not just america because there's there's a, a conversation happening right now in the hague of all places with the uh, the so-called the 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 binnen house of uh, the the state the state government here of the netherlands they are for the first time that i'm hearing of this they are saying is there a white supremacy in the netherlands and it's amazing that in the government people will actually state that the prime minister of the country will ask this question uh i don't think that kind of thing would be entertained uh back in the united states but this country's small enough and there's enough sort of contrition and people who are interested in doing the right thing that it's worth asking the question in the highest office of the land, be it a small land, but it's one that's worth having, especially when these assholes are doing Schwartz of Pete every Christmas. You know, it's like, let's let's handle the Schwartz of Pete thing first and then we'll talk about... You know, what, that so is wait, what Schwartz, Schwartz of Pete is like a blackface christmas character yeah he's sort of santa's helper um it's not quite like the krampus but it's 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 a chimney sweep you know that thing is he was a chimney sweep i don't i don't know the fine details of it but people would dress up in blackface white people is is he supposed to be of african descent or is he just a white guy with soot all over his face well that's i think it's supposed to be a white guy with soot over his face but people would really steer into the blackface angle and that's what all the black people in the Netherlands and, and, you know, here in the Benelux countries, even all over Europe, for that matter, would be like, we're not really doing this kind of thing anymore. And you had you had a lot of hardcore, you know, Catholics who were saying, this is part of our heritage. And if even if they weren't Catholic, hardcore old school Dutch people are like, this is part of our heritage. And it's like, it's the same argument you hear. It's like, this is our history. And let it go, man. You not you don't get to keep all parts of your heritage. What can I tell yeah, you? that's it. Anyway, that like I said, it's it's interesting to be here when a necessary argument is beginning to happen where you could say that the people in the Netherlands are are discovering BLM because the same thing is true. And it's not just expats. It's, it's you know, native-born Dutch people are saying that this is a universal everywhere there's white supremacy and everywhere you have a white-run country, especially a country that is nearly as monochromatic as this. Well, but I think it's interesting that the discussion started several years ago with, you know, not with Trayvon Martin, but that's when it, I think it, that's probably when I first heard the phrase Black Lives Matter. I imagine it was coined around them. But the way it's busting out now is just impossible to ignore. And that partly is because three years of, of abject racist in the White House and and an election year and, of course, the pandemic. I mean, the injustice bubbling under the surface of the pandemic and we're all feeling bottled up and scared so that it is broken through so big that you cannot ignore it. And even the NFL is like eating its old words. I mean, who knows if we're backed up by any action. But again, like at least they're admitting where the PR argument is. It's cold comfort, yes, but it, it shows where hearts and minds are. 
So just that it's so big, something has to happen here. Something has to result from this. It might be bad. It might be worse than it was before. You know, this is the only way good things happen. It's, you can't, you can't put the toothpaste, you can't put it back in the tube once you squirt it. No, you, it you, you, really, you really can't. So I think it's fair to say we get, or at least think we get, Black Lives Matters. And I don't know, stay safe, everybody, because it's really, as we jump into an abjectly unimportant topic. <laughs> Yes, uh, and as I teased up front, that topic is a young woman named Emma Chamberlain. Yep. Emma, uh, Emma Francis Chamberlain III. Esquire Jr. III. Uh, Hiram Hieronymus Chamberlain. So, um, again, maybe you don't know who this person is. There's no reason you should, but maybe you do. And uh, this is one of those cases where we referred to last week's episode, where there was something that was so huge and so siloed that it was easy for one of us or both of us to be sort of provincial about. But uh, Emma Chamberlain is a is a huge success, depending on where you are, what age you are, and culturally where you live. She is a 19-year-old Bay Area-bred YouTube star. I guess you call her a video blogger, something like that. Uh, there's a number of different names. She's now a podcaster. She broke out in 2017 with a video called We All Owe the Dollar Store an apology. And that was in her first couple of videos that she did. It was mostly testimonials to the camera where she would just shoot her mouth off for a while. It was a small phenomenon, just another YouTube person, until for some reason she managed to get this avalanche of followers that came on so quickly. Like over the course of a month, she got something like 150,000 followers, which I, I can't imagine that kind of phenomenon. I don't know what you would need to do that's so dynamic, stunning, world-beating, career-reinventing to to get that much. You win the you win the lottery. You get. Lottery. I get, I mean, I guess so. But it's like you can win the lottery and still have to pay taxes on it and piss through it. It's like this. There's winning the lottery, and then there's this, where your entire career is based on one good month in your life. Granted, she's only nineteen. I guess so. that's happened. To, that happens to a ton of entertainers. One right person hears your song. One right person sees your demo reel. I mean, that's that's the story of entertainment for a lot of people. Yeah, just, maybe you're right. Maybe the, you're right. The alchemy comes together. You know? Yeah. Well, and that's what happened in this case. So after we all owe the dollar store an apology, she she blew up. I mean, her the content of what she puts up is still constrained to like lifestyle matters, day in the life stuff, fashion, makeup testimonials boring days just off the cuff reflections on things flippant uh, uh fresh you know conversational confessional things to the camera um she's become very wealthy doing this and very well known but her podcast is called stupid genius where apparently she she is supposed to i guess she covers science it's like she's trying to like dumb not dumbify but almost like give you the streamlined hacked version of what something scientific is in a way that makes sense to whoever would listen to it, which in some ways sounds like a laudable pursuit. I don't know whether she does a good job or not, but um, we're, we're more talking about her her YouTube, the impression she's put out into the world. So Noah, since you brought this to me, you looked at the, you looked at this first. Um, and you thought it'd be interesting to talk about. It. I'm interested in hearing what you uh, grok from Emma Chamberlain. You know, we've looked at some of these people before, these YouTube stars, and I find myself talking about them. Just the other day, um, you know, I've been I've been sheltering a place at my sister's, and a friend of hers came by, and we sat in the backyard and we talked about it. And this another woman around our age. She's like, oh, "My kids are into these people. I don't I don't understand them." And I said what. I thought was my genius, quote unquote, insight about YouTubers from doing our show, which is that, you know, people like they don't seem professional, they seem boring. I think their appeal is, and this is maybe a depressing way to say it, but they 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 simulate friends. Hey, just hanging out with your friend. And um, it's like the entertaining person at the dinner party. 
Which is all the same. You said that about Jimmy Fallon at the beginning. That was kind of his charm. Yeah, I guess I did. So maybe that's why Jimmy Fallon is, you know, our talk show host of the time is that he's like a YouTube star, right? He has this kind of carefully unpolished demeanor about him. Watching Emma Chamberlain, it it kind of, I was, I was right um, that she just seems like your friend, the fun, fun person you meet at the dinner party. But what stands out to me about Emma Chamberlain, and, and I, you know, just watching one video, the first video I watched of hers was the dollar store video. And I got it right then is I think Emma Chamberlain is the most entertaining of all these people I've seen. Before I even get into the whys and hows, she passes a litmus test for me, which is I am entertained by Emma Chamberlain. I am charmed by Emma Chamberlain. Now, I'm a 44-year-old man. Emma Chamberlain's a 19-year-old girl. A little goes a long way with me. Girl, woman, fine. A little goes a long way with me. I'm not going to spend a lot of time with Emma Chamberlain. But I was imagining seeing her at a dinner party, talking to her at a dinner party. I would think she's fucking awesome. She's funny. She's the right kind of self-deprecating. I know it's always contrived, but she at least comes off as real in a very entertaining, engaging way. You say she just talks about makeup and a routine and all that, but what I really like about her is, and especially compared to other YouTubers, is her metier, one of her metiers seems to be, you know, we talk about Mr. Beast who does stunts, right? She does stunts, but they're much less elaborate. I spent 24 hours in my closet. I did everything on my YouTube bucket list in one day. I mean, these are pretty facile stunts, but the way she deals with them, the personality she puts into them, the, the things she says, the way she edits her videos, her little asides, all that, add up to an engaging experience. It's like hanging out with someone who I find fun to hang out with. So, you know, she passes the litmus test for me. She's an entertaining person. I mean, that's, and, that's all and it has it's to be, li- though. Seriously. Right. It's a little sad that she's entertaining in the way I feel like the normal way to be entertained by this person is meeting them at a party or, I mean, granted, she is a lot younger than me, but theoretically going on a date with someone, you know, if I went on a date with someone who was the 35, 40-year-old version, fine, 50-year-old version of this personality, I'd be, I'd be very charmed. And she, yeah, it might all be an act, but I don't know. It worked on me. I buy it. So, you know, it's she's entertained. She's an entertainer and I'm entertained. Well, that's funny. I did, I did, wasn't entertained at all, not for a single second. However, I, I that's not the <laughs> point. Now, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to try to pull the rug out from underneath her, nor am I using that as a cudgel right, to hit right. her. In my notes here, I wrote that she comes by this whole thing honestly. Uh, and I, I can't knock her hustle. I, I don't think that she she really seems she seems fairly unadulterated. There is an honesty. There is a voice that came through. It really looks like it's a vision for sure. She does this thing. I'm not sure all the other people who are in her lane do or did, which is where I think her first big expression artistically was that she cut her own videos. And not that people don't do that in uh, uh, iMovie or, or whatever software because everybody puts their own stuff out at some point. But she took pains to learn how to cut. She was adding she was adding a visual vocabulary to what she did that wasn't just a matter of, I got to get this up into YouTube somehow. All I got to do is take a, a bit of sandpaper, take the rough edges off of it and put up. She had this idea in her head that she was going to sculpt the package on YouTube, that there was the performance of the camera and then that she put more time. She would put something like 10 times the amount of time she recorded into the edit than the actual performance 
Thrones itself. I don't know how scripted it was, probably not very at all, but she just thought, I'm going to pick this up in the edit. I'm going to make this a thing in the edit. Um, And so I think she thought, I'm exercising my art through the art of editing. So I I would say her vision puts her ahead of some of the other people that we've seen in in this. I mean, especially when you start searching for stuff on YouTube, you come upon a lot of the people who are in this world. And not not all of them do the same thing she does the way she does it. Like I said, I wasn't entertained, but that's a taste thing. You know, like I don't like what she does. I don't think she was that charming. That doesn't mean she's not good at it. That doesn't mean there isn't some validity to it. That doesn't mean there isn't a reason for her to be as popular as she is. I could certainly give that to her, um, understanding that this is what a 19-year-old has to talk about. This is the the tools at her disposal. So this is somebody who's fairly, uh, you know, fairly far along. There's a, there's a complexity to the way in which she engages with it. I don't know what she was influenced by. Uh, I don't know what uh, uh, culture she looked into. I don't know if she was emulating things. I don't know what her internal life was. It seems to me that she put a lot of um, attention into just being herself. In fact, one of the things that I'd read about was that, you know, she she dropped out of high school, right? No, I mean, I, yeah. I read yeah. that I read that correctly. Yeah, she's from San Bruno, which actually isn't too far from where, where you are right now. It's just further to south down the, down the Bay Area. And, and apparently she was stumbling through this Catholic school education. And her dad said, look, you got to do something to rekindle. You have to enter the world and, and engage somehow. You have to find something you're interested in because what's happening right now isn't doing any, you know, is doing you a disservice. She said, I think I want to do YouTube. So she dropped out in junior year. She took the equivalent of a GED. And she built the channel. And much like the Holderness family, you know, they they drop out of their lives. She had less to lose, I one would assume, other than a traditional education, which I would think was a lot to lose. But um, and she she put the, her effort into doing this YouTube channel. And again, we're talking about a, yet another person who dropped out of a regular square form of normal life and succeeded. That doesn't happen for everybody, but a lot of the cases, the things we're talking about, I don't get it, are people who've decided, I'm going to gamble, I'm going to roll the dice on something weird and irregular, and somehow it profits beyond their wildest dreams. Everybody just looks past this place and just doesn't even, like, give it the time of day. No one goes in there, you know what I mean? That place is the dollar store. Uh, why? Why is Emma Chamberlain ruling the roost? I mean, how many followers, subscribers does she have? But she also, she's nearly as popular on Instagram, right? Yeah. Yes, um, yes. She's got nine, I, I nine, did not million, look at her, nine million on Instagram. I did not look at her Insta feed at all. But why? Why Emma Chamberlain? Why is she the the young queen of YouTube at the moment. Well, I think that she's aspirational for people yeah. her, her same class and profile. Um, I, I, to a certain degree, and I, I think I'm backed up by this based on what I've read people write. It was a couple of good pieces we were batting back and forth on, on our chat thread. Uh, the Times wrote something about her. Uh, the first piece that you sent me was a lore magazine. They wrote about her. The Atlantic had a great piece. I think that was like a year and a half old about her. It's like people looking at this shit beforehand. It's amazing. She is what I would term the ultimate version of yourself. Um, and her, her, I think her position is that she she gets on camera and she's wearing a sports bra and her skin is a little rough on her face. She's got bedhead. It's not an overly sculpted manicured image where she she spent hours putting on that contour drag queen makeup that all the girls, a lot of the girls use. And I think that's the difference between her and the generation that was there slightly bef- uh, before her. This is a little bit of that Gen Z back, whatever these generation terms are. This is a backlash where I woke up, I look like this. Get over yourself. Fuck you. And, you know, rather than a girl spending hours on creating the contour cheek lines and the smoky eye, she is she did it on a crappy camera. She would burp, you know, and she would curse. And there was there was something a little shambolic about it, even if it was 
you know, a permissible version of Shambolic for a 19 year old, she looked like something that you could do. And like I said, the ultimate version of yourself, your appearance, your brand of humor, um, you calling your own shots without catering to anybody else. That was my big takeaway is that she seems, quote unquote, authentic. And we'll get into whether she really is authentic. But I think it's fair to say she seems real because she's unpopular. I mean, she has terrible skin. You see her acne all over the place and she talks about it all the time. Yeah, sure. She talks about pooping and she just... You know, there's a way to do that where you seem completely contrived, where you're McDonald's saying we stand with our black employees, or <laughs> that's a bad example. No, but, but McDonald's, which is just the, the 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 apex of phoniness in our culture, maybe she's just saying it, but it works on me. I believe her. I believe her. I believe she just turned the camera on and is being her. Is she more magnetic than the person off the street? Yes. You know, that's she's got the it factor that I think not enough celebrities today have. And plenty of celebrities who's I say this about Lady Gaga. I have no use for Lady Gaga's music, but I would never doubt for one second that she has star power. She has got star power coming out of her fucking nostrils. And, but in this you case, know? you're talking about the home video camera crowd, which is where it's like this is the Wild West. This is like the barter town for Mad Max where you can go a long way with a little charisma. Right. So, I mean, honestly, right. it, it doesn't take much to excel. If you have a little bit of it, you can go a long way. If you've got a lot of it, you could just be the fucking king or queen. So when she just turns the camera on and dances like a goofball and, you know, plus I I see some interesting editing here. You know, she has this very, she has this way of adding pauses to when she talks that I find very again it might it might be conscious and might not be conscious uh she says stuff like um uh, peace and love my ladies and gents I'm never saying that again very cringe uh she'll talk about how she's oh I'm not nervous at all and then close up on her fidgeting with her toes that's I'm trying to think of the uh the pause example I like yeah I'm going to stop shopping maybe um, and the way she edits that, she really punctuates that. So yeah, I think there's it's timing. Some, it's timing. You know, it's comedic it, timing. She has good timing. Yeah. Thank you. She has good timing. Uh, in terms of being real, I'll compare it to another topic we talked about is Billie Eilish. And mm. I saw more than one person comparing her to Billie Eilish. That's interesting. And part sure, of why yeah. Billie Eilish is big. They say, oh, she's real. She talks about her depression. She she looks depressed and she's sad and all that. Um, and I think I said, I don't doubt that Billie Eilish is really depressed, but I think her her realness comes from a place i don't know i don't think she has an, uh, much self-awareness i also think it's harder for me to believe that shit when you're being as dour and gray as billy eilish emma chamberlain is always leavened by humor she could talk about being depressed and feeling like a scumbag and not have it come off as like i suck i'm never getting anywhere watch my hbo special you know there was that rave of comics 10 years ago and I partly took that personally because I was a failed comic. I just got, I'm a slacker, loser comedian. I don't do anything. I'm lazy. I'm never getting anywhere. Like, my new album is number three on the, you know, like, fuck you. You're already <laughs> ahead of 98% of us. You can't talk about how much you suck. Um, she leavens it with enough humor that I buy it. Or I, not that I buy it. I'm entertained. So I buy it and I'm entertained. I think she does come off as real. I will say this, and we're going to get at this, that... People talk about how she's painfully white, but from what I saw online, her fans don't look like her. I mean, they do, but her fans don't look... Per she doesn't look perfect. Her fans don't look, quote-unquote, classically pretty. 
see a lot of her fans are, you know, girls of color, things like that. You brought up a term that I think is really important here, which is aspirational. I think her act is very aspirational. And it's telling that now that she's received success, she's moved more into a fashion world. There are a lot of videos and articles now of her going to Paris Fashion Week and being on Vogue and now being made up and wearing nice dresses and going shopping. And you could say this is all very shallow stuff, but I think she maintains the self-effacing fun nature while she's doing this. And every, not every, but a lot of little girls in our culture, they want to go to Fashion Week and they want to wear nice clothes. So it feels very real. It feels like she wants what a lot of these kids want. Growing up, my parents were vegetarian, and then so was I, because there was no meat in the house, so what was I going to do? Like, buy it myself when I'm seven? You can't just walk to the store when you're seven and buy fucking bacon. No, would you have liked this topic when you were a child or a teenager, someone of like age? Yes, I'd be, I'd have a massive crush on Amber Chamberlain. I okay. really would. Fair enough. Because I find myself charmed by her now. I do think for all her schlubby acne, all that, there is... Yeah, at root, there is a pretty girl, and that might contribute to her success, but she has a quote-unquote real pretty, you know, she doesn't look like model pretty, she looks like girl next door pretty, which has always been my thing. Uh, I wouldn't watch her because I'm not into shopping and all that stuff, but I, if she were within my age group, uh, she would be my number one media crush. I mean, I don't think she's necessarily appealing per se, not not as a physical specimen or, or, or as a, a character, as it were. But I mean, the question about would I have liked this as a kid, I would not have liked it because I would have found, I see if you can go with me here. I would have found her version of self-actualization, you know, the, the kind of point of her doing this that she gets on camera and she she talks to you and she's she's you know she discloses things and it's 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 confidential. Um, that kind of thing looks as alien to me as as like the Holderness family looked alien in terms of a suburban ideal. Because where I came up from culturally, the kind of people that I grew up with looked so different and the kind of upbringing that you would have to create this type of person would be so weird. I think that, and maybe this comes down to something very simple, which is that I was never brought up to have this kind of self-belief and independence. And maybe I'm incredibly jealous. Maybe I just can't understand it because it looks so jagged of somebody who was given the remit to do this sort of thing and to be this kind of person. Like who the hell among you has that kind of confidence to say, I'm, I believe in myself, I respect my choices, I have a vision, without somehow having been nicked and picked apart by your parents who ticked away at you and said, no, that's no good, that's not gonna work. Do something better than that. That's stupid. Her parents didn't say that to her. They, I don't think they chipped away at her ego. And it's like, mine certainly did. I was told what I could and couldn't do. What I mean, whether it was absolutely stated outright or if it was by, by the inference of the environment I grew up in, there was no excelling. There was no expression. There was nothing like that. And, you know, the fact that this kid in 2018, 2017 came up in a different type of America in the suburbs. I, I give her, I respect her hustle. She came by this honestly, but that would have put me off just because it would have been a threat to me that these people exist out there and they, they somehow could self-actualize and profit from it. Mm. I was in, I mean, mostly positively encouraged by my parents to be creative and stuff. I mean, I think they're Hearts are in the right place, even if they didn't always succeed in that. We've talked every YouTuber. I, we're getting into the jealousy thing. I would have tried to be a YouTuber myself if that was around and would probably be very jealous of Ember Chamberlain that she's got 8 billion followers and I'd probably have like four. Wait, what do I even say? Like, hey, I'm like the, you know? It's so 
awkward. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> is the rise success of Emma Chamberlain a sign of the apocalypse? And I think this is where we get into the the little bit of backlash that we discussed before we got on mic. Yeah, exactly. Right? I was I was gonna yeah. yeah this I'm gonna, is I'm, the spot for that. All right. I was gonna draw on that precisely. So I was gonna say no first of all. Uh, because you can think of it as refreshing that what we might consider, and you know, maybe I'm in a danger zone as a man commenting on the way women look or, or groom themselves, but there is a very highly manicured version of femininity that's out there, uh, especially amongst younger people. And they've been uh, coached by a world of makeup tutorials and a consumer culture that's based on cosmetics and clothing. And again, not that men aren't susceptible to these same things too, but there's an arm race amongst amongst female and female identifying people that place a heavy pressure and a heavy uh, uh, price on looking the right part and having everything being perfect and you have the, the correct camera and the correct ring light and the backgrounds and all these things. And this is something that's not quite up to the same razor sharp standards. It's still feminine. It's a different version of femininity. In some ways, she could look more like a sporty person. The people who have her kind of numbers, almost all of uniformly of a type. And that, and then the fact that she can kick against that and succeed is pretty impressive. Um, in my limited understanding of these things, just being a YouTube looker. Now, the other part I would say that there there is a demerit to this too. Like I said, there's something refreshing about it. But what she is also propagating now is she's she's fully entered the world of giving you FOMO. She's fully entered the world of inspiring conspicuous consumption, of pernicious brand selling, um, surreptitious advertising, without people quite being aware that they're being peddled to, that this is the sweatshirt you should have. Or these are the icons, the totems, much like the Visco girl. These are the bits and pieces that you need to have. She's paid a lot to do it. And I think it's unavoidable. And maybe she's picking her own sponsors, but she's still telling you, here's where you can get my look. You know, the bigger thing on top of that, and this is, yeah, the, the, what you alluded to is that I saw this um, YouTuber named um, uh, Kenya Wilson, who is a, a woman of color. I think she's around the same age, maybe a couple years older. Mm -hmm. And I, she, she, it sounds like she's in college. Okay, she's a couple years older. So, so she's a she's probably 21, 22. She's had a couple of videos, and I again, she was re she was recommended, but using the algorithm. So I happened to see it once I started looking for Emma Chamberlain videos. This came up too. Like, yeah, she's offering a pretty a pretty good takedown, and she wasn't saying that Emma Chamberlain herself is a bad person, but the role she inhabits is this idea that she is a safe white suburbanite from middle class or upper middle class who's selling you the idea that this is what just life, life just looks like this for everyone else. And she's succeeded beyond her wildest dreams at being the picture of that. And she's had opportunities and she's had this traction that this woman, Kenya Wilson, who's trying to do the same thing, she says, I could never get that far. There's just no way that a, a, a vlogger of color could do the same things that, Kay, uh, that Emma Chamberlain is doing and succeed. Emma Chamberlain herself is not doing it perniciously. She's just saying the business is set up with this sort of rot, this kind of cancer in the middle of it. This is what it looks like. She is the version of what it looks like. If you come in there and you, and you are what it looks like, then there's a good chance you'll succeed. I, I really enjoyed hearing- It's not a good chance. Uh, no. Right, yeah, I'm no, sorry. No. I, I push back on that, but let me. You could finish. You may finish. Um, it, I thought it was a pretty good read by the time she got down to it. And it came from someone who I thought was credible enough to say this and put it into terms that I couldn't quite understand. But I know that you watched the same video I did and had a slightly different read on, on yeah, Kenya Wilson's. I, 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 I really did. First of all, Side of the Apocalypse, no, for some of the reasons you said, she actually is a star, has star power, is entertaining. 
uh, the less polished thing, yeah, that can go too far. It can go to the fake, like, hey, we're authentic, man. You know, have I mean, this is a big thing in the 90s. Hey, be cool, be hip. It's Fruitopia from Minute Maid from Coca-Cola. <laughs> Remember Fruitopia? It's, right, it's like, a hey, soda man, with candy in it. We're alternative, man. This car is like punk rock, you know. That was a big thing in the 90s. We were just, we were, man, we just don't care. Sponsored by Dow Chemical. Um, <laughs> but uh, I buy it with her. So that it seems like a corrective. I mean, maybe it will open the floodgates to much, much more stuff. But if we're going to isolate to her, I buy it. She's, for lack of a better term, the real deal. Now, the Kenya Wilson, is that her name? Kenya Wilson? Yes. Video I thought was terrible. You bring up what I do think was a valid point, which is that you couldn't be Emma Chamberlain if you weren't, you know, beneath the acne pretty. If you weren't this white girl living in a nice house. If you were fat. All this. Yes, that's all true. But it took her 16 minutes to get to that point. The first 16 minutes was a poorly shot video of her yelling. Basically, the same argument you can make for 95% of entertainment. This person is entertaining you. Not everyone can have a million followers. Yes, it's aspirational. That's the point of entertainment. I don't think she's giving, you can't have this life. You need the money she has. You can't have this life. Of course. I don't, I think she... I think she's not giving enough credit to Emma Chamberlain's fans. They know they can't be Emma Chamberlain. They're living vicariously through. I don't. I well, no. That was. I think the point Kenny Wilson was making is that her fans aren't aware of that, and I think it goes back to the media. What's her evidence of that? Uh, I think she's looking at it generationally. Look, maybe this is maybe this is me making a surmisal. I, I will totally cop to that. And again, I am already in a cynical point where I'm on the Noah Tarno bandwagon of saying that humanity today, especially young people, suffer from that that. Um, media unsavviness or insavivity, yes. whatever you want to call it, where they That's can't. That's a good word. Thank you. They can't decode images. They can't decode messages. And I think, to a certain degree, in in some ways, she's trying to say that these people can't decode the images, where they think they're six seconds away from becoming her as well, without realizing you don't have a prayer of ever getting close to where uh, uh, Emma Chamberlain lives. But she doesn't get at the valid criticism. She's just, it's a bad video, and it's very facile cultural commentary. This idea that most entertainment isn't real life. Well, no shit. You know, that's the way entertainment works. It's aspirational, you know? Um, you want to make a point that there aren't, that that creators of color don't get enough attention on YouTube all right, I can believe that. Show me the... I mean, Ken, for the quality of her video, Kenya Wilson seems to have a lot of followers. Um, also, she seems, from my point of view, other than being black, she seems like a very similar type to me as Ember Chamberlain, except she's not entertaining. She just sounds bitter. She sounds like sour grapes. And by the way, before we got on mic, everyone, I had to explain to Bill what sour grapes meant. He didn't know what sour grapes I've, meant. Can no, I've only... I've heard the expression, but never an etymology for it. It's from the Fox... Uh, the Fox... The Fox and the Grapes, I think it was called Fable from Aesop's Fables. And basically the idea is the fox couldn't reach the grapes on the tree. So he said, ah, those grapes are sour. It's the idea of there's something that you can't get, you make excuses that it's not worth getting. But it comes across as jealousy. I think it's a pretty weak argument. You want to make an argument that Emma Chamberlain perpetuates bad racial you know, strictures or whatever. You know what? I'm sure it's true. And I'm sure being African-American, Kenya Wilson has a perspective that I don't fully grasp, but she didn't express it well. Like, I'm sorry. Maybe this is sour grapes on my part, but I don't, 
I don't see it. Please, someone point out a cultural commentator telling me how the whole the ecosystem of YouTube influencers is racist. I'm sure you're right. What about Emma Chamberlain's life are you able to relate to? What, you hate school? But did your parents let you drop out of school when you were 17? No, so that's not relatable. What, she has self-deprecating humor, she calls herself ugly? Yeah, the difference is you're probably really ugly and she's not. That's the difference. There's nothing about Emma Chamberlain that is relatable except if you're a white girl and 17, then that's relatable. She's the same age as you. All right, Noah, uh, tell me if you're jealous of Emma Chamberlain or not. I wish I had the star power she had. I wish I uh, was as good in front of the camera she had. I wish I got the attention she had for, quote unquote, just being myself. Saying before that if I were a teenager now, I'd have a crush on her makes me jealous of, uh, you know, that I didn't have more, you know, exciting love affairs as a teenager, all that. So, yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah, there's something to it. I, I'm jealous for the reasons I said before and that there is a self-belief and independence. Um, she looks like someone yeah. who was given a healthy self-image and attitude. But there is a dark side to this. The jealousy is that, obviously, we can't go back and, and change time. But I, I, the fact that she didn't go to college, the, I'm, again, college is not the most important thing. I understand it was very important to me. Very important for me and most mostly important for everyone I've ever known who's who's gone to college and I've talked to them. High school was certainly very important to me and she dropped out halfway through, junior year I guess it was. My jealousy is tempered by the fact that I know there are a lot of traditional benchmarks. And again, what I would say traditional benchmarks at this point are 30 years out of date, I'm sure. She didn't go to high school and college, which I, I assume she missed out on some educational essentials. I, I'll put my cultural foot in my mouth here and say, I think they're of evergreen importance. Even if even if we're talking about Gen Zers and I'm a, a Gen Xer or whatever the fuck you want to call it, I can't help but seeing that, that or thinking that that's somehow going to bite her in the ass. Maybe she's a voracious reader. Maybe she's an opsimath, you know, maybe she's self-taught, an autodidact, all those things. Not finishing some traditional form of education. People leave college and they leave high school and then they, they go in the world and they already they, they suck even with that knowledge they somehow crap out and they make a lot of bonehead decisions and they make life miserable for the people because they can still be ignoramuses and know nothings not even having that kind of grounding i think puts you in a dangerous position because it means that you there, there are there's just empirical things you need to stand on the shoulders of giants around you to get higher than them. You need to understand what came beforehand so you don't think you're, you're completely reinventing the wheel every six minutes. Some of her success is due to the fact that her audience has never seen the techniques and that she uses and they've never heard the things that she has said before. Well, that's because they just haven't gone back 15 minutes to the last person who said it because it was thought of as being out of date. It was thought of as being hokey. And she's part of that generation. You know, there's no, you don't need to go, but you don't need to look back at the record. You don't need to pour through what happened beforehand to figure out because that's out of date. It's old. It's irrelevant. It doesn't mean anything. It's not important. And like I said, my jealousy is tempered because maybe, maybe it put a chip on my shoulder, not have, not having had, uh, you know, backing or, or self-belief or a propulsive idea of, of the self. But on the other hand, it made me hungry for knowledge. It made me hungry for experience. And it, you know, it made me into the intellectual quote unquote creature that I am today. Very interesting, sir. Well put. Thank you. All right. So our last segment here, Noah, is the Felonian scale, the axis of everything terrible from, from noted blackface wearer Jimmy Fallon at the bottom. At the I, I'm not. You know what? Jimmy Fallon, these people keep undercutting Jimmy Fallon. I, I still hate him. But I have to admit that it's a very personal hate. It's a it is more subjective than the hate or even love I have for various other topics on our show. Mm -hmm. Can I say that? Yeah, of course you could okay. say it. I'm it doesn't make, doesn't make you right, that. but you can say whatever you want. Okay, thanks. So on the Felonian scale, where would you uh, where would you put Emma Chamberlain? Uh, well, she's the top YouTuber in my mind that we've dealt with. Oh wow! Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, who's better, Mr. Beast? <laughs> I tried I mean, to, you know, I... Well, Mr. Look, Mr. Beast, I defend him as a philanthropist. I defend him as the purveyor of clever ideas. Sure. Uh, he, he is very different from Member Chamberlain in that he's got no uh, star power and he doesn't express himself in an entertaining way. Uh, Belle Delphine's on another fucking planet. Markiplier has got zero in my mind. I mean, other than being a likable dude. Who else have we looked at here? James Charles. Never, James, James Charles perpetuates, you know, uh, unconventional ideas about masculinity, but plenty of less annoying people do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've never directly looked at Logan Paul or PewDiePie, but from what I can uh, tell, those people suck beyond words. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad we haven't, by the way. Ryan's world is Satan. The Holderness family <laughs> is much worse. I mean, who who do you think's the best of them? Oh, I don't know. I, it's it's kind of it's like saying who's the best cadaver. You know, honestly, t- to a degree, <laughs> this this is not. I Lenin. Like, Lenin is the best. Cadaver. I mean, I like YouTube. YouTube is a great font of entertainment. I watch sh- a shitload of it, but I don't watch this stuff. Um, I watch yeah, other things. So you know, my my YouTube diet is based on a much different form of media than than these guys we've talked about. So to to a degree, it's just like it's it's a, a you know I don't know. A pile of dead fish on a dock, you know, out of a giant net when you come back from from a deep sea fishing expedition. But I That's would, nice. um, I know, great. But I would, I would rank her, her. You know, she did some videos with James Charles. It's funny, you know. Once I yes, started, I start- they, they are they are associates or friends. Did they have a falling out the way James Charles did with that tally no. tab, tabby? Taffy, what's her name? I, know, Tally, I don't know. Tally. I don't know, and I did not look shit. it up. I was, I was not interested in reliving. Who cares? Does it matter now? What does it matter now? I, I, no, I don't think they had a, fa- a falling out. Part of it was that. Um, by the way, do you see those two, those Dolan boys that she lays? Yeah, I had heard of them, but she's associated with the Dolan twins. Those, those like them. meaty, broed out, tattooed fucking. Oh. Fuck these guys. That's what I'm Look saying. It's like they, with their cut off denim shorts and their, their thigh tattoos. It's like oh my the, God. They, they, they look, look like, like the biggest meat hammer statue fucking guys. I have no idea. Either either they, way. They look like if Mark Ruffalo were in the Sopranos family. But I, I, I rank her with James Charles in that she's I, I assume James Charles did something very well, had an avalanche of followers, was somehow very important, regardless of whatever the falling out was. But it was something that was so designed for one type of person but it got every single version of that single person to watch and i think that there's something to emma chamberlain where if you're in her radar or if if she's on your radar your eyes are looking at her but the minute you fall outside of that bracket that it's completely unimportant there's not a lot i mean to me i I understand that you got something out of it but i just could not buy into it there was nothing worth watching yeah i didn't really give her a ranking i don't know she's she's like uh Somewhere up from the middle of everything. Yeah, that's right? fine. Yeah, I get you. I get I you. I mean, and for all her talent, like I said, a little goes a long way. So if she's still doing these same videos in five years, you know, fuck her. I can guarantee you she will still be doing these videos in five years because she's a fucking millionaire based on doing these well, videos. But she's a one-trick pony, and I think people will get tired of this stuff if she doesn't grow and develop and mature, for lack of a better term. I mean, look, if she's smart, if she's smart, what she'll do is she'll do these videos for another two, three years, and when her star is dimming, she'll just get out, counter money, contribute to the world in a better way. I mean, plenty of young yeah, celebrities just get out of show business, this is and I, you, I, those are probably the smart ones. Because this is what YouTubers do. They get out, of, they, they make a lot of money, and they get out, and they cut their losses. No, they, they play down to the last hand. That's what they do. People have no idea when, when the engine's out of gas, the light's on E, they still keep driving, jerking back and forth uh, behind oh. the driver's seat. 
push pounding on the wheel trying to get that car to go just a few more feet before it stops. That's well, what they want. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I like to think Emma Chamberlain is smarter than most of them, but we shall see. I, I The jury is out. Well, she's got a junior so high school education, so I'm sure she's smarter than most of them. <laughs> no, right. she got her GED. I'm Come kidding. On. I know. All right. That's it. All right. Yeah, that is it. Somehow we did another one, and they keep letting us do them. Uh, and you Let, listen to it. Letting us. Letting us do them. So if you'd like to find past episodes of our show, look on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill. Don't get it at gmail.com. Give us a review. It's a good way for people to find the podcast if other people recommend it for you. Uh, I am on Twitter at William Scurry. Uh, my video contents on YouTube, my vlogs, looking at the camera with a ring light and bad hair. YouTube.com slash AMCaesar. And Noah, what about you, bud? Uh, the big quiz thing. Never been busier. Virtual events are really working for us, so I am. We are truly blessed. Uh, yeah, we're doing the finest in virtual trivia events nationwide. Um, join our list of satisfied clients. Last week we did our first virtual bat mitzvah. That was a lot of fun. Uh, we're doing a lot of fundraisers these days, a lot of political events. Um, in fact, we are offering our services these days to um, organizations fighting for a better America, as I like to say, because I am still a patriot. Uh, we're offering our services uh, free of charge uh, to organizations like that. You know, not everyone. So um, please go to BigQuizThing.com to learn more, get in touch with us, booking at BigQuizThing.com, and of course, paying the bills is the corporate events, and, and we're keeping plenty busy with that. So learn more at BigQuizThing.com, hire me, hire my team, and uh, you know, follow us on the social medias at BigQuizThing. We are there, because why not? So until such a time as the 16-year-old cohort on YouTube really looks at me and Noah as the most authentic people around, we don't get it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.